It's the second last episode of this podcast. At least for this year. I don't know, do you want more of these? Thumbs up for more episodes next year. Actually, I can almost say for certain that whatever you're listening to this on, you cannot do a thumbs up. Anyway, uh, that was an extremely long intro. (laughs) Um, Today we are on our second last episode for the year. And we are talking to sound extraordinaire, Alastair Lauro. Now, as we discuss in this episode, Alastair has only just completed university. So his artistic journey, uh, I guess you could say, is just beginning compared to other people that I have interviewed for this podcast. Also, it has been requested by Alastair himself that I mentioned that there's a section in this episode where we discuss a secret film, and Alistair at the time of recording, which was about, oh, probably almost a month ago now, um, he wasn't sure if he was allowed to say the name or not. Uh, Well, fair enough. You know, he didn't want to get in trouble. That's all right. But in case you're wondering, the film that we are talking about is, in fact, Violet Days. So we discussed that, we discussed other short films, we talked about some funny stories on set, and we talked about some sound recording, actually a lot about sound recording since Alistair is a sound recordist and mixer, Um, and also some networking. So here it is, my chat with Alistair Lauro. Enjoy. Hello Morgan, how are you? Oh, ooh, this is awkward. You can ask how I am if you want. Go ahead, go. Please, I insist. Ask how I am. (laughs) Do it. How are you, Alistair? I'm really good, thank you, Morgan. Um, I hope that you are similarly good yourself. How are you going? I am good. All right, so you're a bit different in the fact that up until this point, everyone that I've interviewed for this podcast has been in the film, or rather, entertainment industry for at least one to two years. Yeah. Whereas you have just finished your film slash media degree. Yes, um, I was doing the Bachelor of Film Production. That's a three-year uh, shindig at UC. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that, you are correct. I did just finish that. It was a few weeks ago. We had our screening. Oh, yeah. How did that go? Yeah, no, I think it went really well. Um, there was, you know, the, the expectation of, you know, everyone putting out something good and enjoyable for the audience. And I think for the films that were shown, um, I dare say that the majority of them delivered on that. I think a very successful night for the cohort and all the individuals involved. But... Yeah, no, I think it was a very, very good night. And there was a nice mix of films as well. It wasn't too monotonous with, you know, the same dreary, depressing stuff that, you know, you'd expect there to be from, like, you know, student films. Because I feel like there's this concept that a good short film is, like, an edgy short film. It's like, oh, I'm talking about, like, depression and stuff in my film, so it's super edgy. But that being said, the films that did cover that had had a nice, like, you know, blend of different, you know, 
themes or so to you know balance it out so it wasn't dreary 100% of the time. So that was nice. Very very nice mix. And did you have your own film in that? I did have my own film in that. My film, um, which was lovingly co-produced uh, with three other gentlemen, uh, Anthony Bowler, cinematographer extraordinaire, uh, Shish Axena, writer director extraordinaire, and then James Cropper, uh, continuity slash producer extraordinaire. Um, so that film was called The Boy Who Couldn't Die, and that was, that was produced by the four of us. Um, I did have some other films in there as well that I worked on. I worked on a film called The Melody that was directed by Andrew Campbell. That was his first time directing something, and I think, okay. I think, I think it was good for his first time. Um, and did I work on anything else? Um, Jenny I, the Ghost. Oh, yes, Jenny the, oh, yes, Jenny the Ghost, of course. I was in that one as well, as you know, because you were there when yeah. we um, filmed that one. So yes, and then, uh, then I made a few guest appearances in a, like three other films as well. There was one called The Button, which was directed by Jake Creech. It's about a guy who presses a button to swap lives with everyone. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's... It, it, Isn't that what Click is? That Adam Sandler movie? No, Click is where he gets the remote and he can just pause people and treat oh. everyone like... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I oh, I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah, I remember watching Click when I was like 10 or something and I cried because he dies at the end or whatever. Yeah, that's oh, right. I was like, no, he's dead. That messed me up big time. And then I swore off movies. No, I'm, I didn't swear off movies. I'm back now. Um, but yes, I, 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 I boomed on a few and I did a few... Um, I made a few appearances in a few of the films. Um, the main one, though, for me was The Boy Who Couldn't Die. Um, Ashish Anthony and I have been working on that you know, since the start of the year. Um, there are a lot of love and care have been put into it. And the best part is we're all very happy with how it turned out. And my favourite part about the whole thing is that afterwards, the person sitting next to me, now I'm not sure if she knew that it was like you know our film that she had just watched, but the person next to me, after the the credits finished rolling, she audibly said out loud, "That was very good." And I was like, "Ooh, does this person know who she's sitting next to?" I don't think so. So that was that was a highlight. Someone loudly saying in a in a cinema that they enjoyed something that we worked on. So yeah, the night was successful. To answer your question, yes. I just noticed that your name's on your water bottle, and I really like it. Yes, no, this is really, really cool. I will go into detail about this drink bottle later, and by detail I mean it's tied into something that you're probably going to ask me about. Oh, really? So yes, 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 yes. I, if we do not do this, I will, if, okay. I will say what the drink bottle is if it does not come up in the question, but based off the sheet that you gave me beforehand, I think that it will come up. <laughs> okay. okay, is it so you don't forget your name? <sighs> Good night, everyone. Okay. Let me just start out by saying you do boom operating. Uh, you do sound mixing and recording. Yep. Um, did you want to talk about that a bit? Um, no. Okay. Yeah, no, yes, no. <laughs> so that interest of um, you know, boom swinging, sound mixing and all that, it sort of stems from the fact that I was initially going to go to do some music. I think it was like a Bachelor of Music or something like that. Where? At Western Sydney University, but this was back in like you know my my edgy high school days when I was like you know an active not well not active but I like you know had a keen interest in like all the musical stuff and everything like that. Um, so I was initial I was offered to go there, but 
like every uh, good, you know, Canberra individual, can't afford to live in Sydney, and the traffic's too extreme up there. Um, I, it's just, I couldn't afford to live there. So instead, I also had an offer for UC for um, Bachelor of Film Production. I was like, okay, fine. So I went to... I'll do it, sure. So I, so I came here to do film instead. Then we flash forward a year into short film production, which is one of the units um, you know, that we do in the Bachelor, which you are probably aware of. Um, so yes, one of the units is called short film production. That's the first time that you know, make a film with all your people and whatever. And our group of six had everything except for a sound recorder. So like I had done a year ago, I said the classic, oh, fine, I'll do that, I guess. So, and ever since then, um, I have been our, our sound guy in our little you know, group of pals. Um, but do you like it? I do like it. I do like it very, very much. Um, Interesting. You know, sometimes people get shoved into a corner of something, doing, doing something. something that they don't like. Yeah. Especially in those situations where there's always the guy who knows that he wants to be on camera or the person that knows that they want to be on directing or whatever. No. I'm determined on the sound and I'm very happy that no one else wanted to do it because if that was the case, then I might not be as excited about it as I am today. So this is a bit of a funny story about the, um, the sound mixing. Um, and like we were saying before, the, the MCP screening, people who went to that will know this story because um, there was a behind the scenes documentary as one of the projects and they asked me a very similar question to what you just asked me about how I got into sound and everything. And I told them the story of how on the first ever set that I was on, uh, for some reason I just thought that the mixer was recording at all times and you didn't have to hit record for it. Oh dear. So, like, after the third take or so, Ashish, Zaxina, who I mentioned at the start, he was the director, he says to me, hey, you've been hitting record, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 I've been hitting record, yeah. So we're missing the first three takes of audio um, for... <laughs> but, um, no, I, I've, I've since evolved in my skill and I... You know where the record button is. I know where the record button is now and I, un and I understand the importance of it, yes. Um, that's, my, that's, my, that's my funny sound story. So then after that film, um, I actually stepped away from doing the sound. This was the, this was the film that fell apart now, right? Um, so, that, right so the first, actually no, just so there's a bit of a clear timeline. First film, it's called The Fold. It's a, it's a, hectic, it's a hectic cowboy movie about you know, acceptance and you know, getting approval from people. It's a nice little, little seven minute thing. Um, the film after that was called The Day My Net Died, which was a comedy about a guy whose net dies, as suggested in the title, and then he goes to group therapy for it. So that one was co-written and co-directed by Ashish and myself, who has been mentioned twice now, um, and we got someone else to do sound for that. And we were shooting in this very building, actually, in the, like, the lecture theatre, and the audio was so terribly echoey and bad and it was only coming out like one like channel or whatever and why uh, i've got no idea and he and, and the recorders didn't speak up about it at the time and then we we're sitting there in post you know just trying to slap together something resembling a film and then my friend just turns to me and he's like you are never not allowed to do sound again and i was like okay <laughs> i'll do sound forever from now on
<laughs> but, um, but if it was recording through one channel, you could still split it to mono, right? Yeah, obviously we can't do that. But I think it was just like the, the quirkiness of the situation about how, why is this echoey and only one? How could you not notice? I, I'm assuming they were wearing headphones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why they only heard it through one ear, but or why they didn't say anything about only hearing it through one ear, but yeah, yeah it's weird. Anyway, that's, and then after that, it was, yeah, this year. This year was after that, because that was all last year. Um, and then the story that I just told you uh, prior to this about the screening everything, that those were the subsequent events that transpired. And little under two weeks later, here I am sitting in this room telling you this all, telling you the whole yep. thing, Morgan. I feel like I just got the whole life story. Um, other than uni projects, have you been working on anything outside of uni? Any short films or uh, anything else? Working on a few things, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I, what I did this last week. There was a film with Marissa Martin. Yep. It was like this groovy horror thing, which was like, you know, a bunch of prosthetics and blood and everything and all that exciting and what's it called i don't know if i'm allowed to say oh, oh is it top secret i'm not sure i signed to something this morning but i didn't actually read what it said so i don't know if i'm allowed to say the name of it or okay, not okay well then we'll just call it the film the film um yeah it's like a horror as sort of thing and fortunately for me it was mainly shot in queenbian which is where i live so it was like a three minute drive for me compared to every other set that i'm on which is like a half an hour trek but um, so that film was good, and the best part about that film is that this drink bottle, they just gave drink bottles to everyone at the start of the film what? with their name written on it, and with the film written on it. Yeah, so that, that film, they, it was good. That's probably the most professional thing that I have done, which I was very lucky to get on, if I'm being honest. Um, I learned a fair bit from that. We, the cinematographer was a you know, a fairly accomplished fellow who'd been, who's been doing this for a long time and I learned a fair deal from him. That was pretty good, even though, like, you know, he's a Sunni, it's like, oh, what can a Sunni teach a sound guy? The answer is quite a lot. Um, yeah, I feel like just from that shoot alone, my, like, you know, my set etiquette has gone up significantly. I feel like I'm a lot better now than I was before that one, which is, which is crazy considering that I was only there for, like, three days. But, no, it was good. It was a very, very educational shoot and then apart from that um on wednesday so two days ago now i was um the recordist on wombat man ah yes dan sanguinetti good old dan sanguinetti canberra's very own superhero jacob kilner is wombat man um so yeah i was boom swinging on that they didn't really need me for too much because they were mainly doing montage stuff and it's like oh we don't need sound for the montage i'm like okay okay so Apart from Wombat Man and apart from Marissa Martin's film, there's also another web series called Capital, which is being, which is being produced by someone named Amy Foster. I originally thought that she was from Melbourne, but as it turns out, she's actually from Canberra and she was just living in Melbourne. So that one is, uh, yeah, it's like a coming of age adolescent sort of story and everything. It's got a few Canberra names that most people will be familiar with. You've got like your Jim Punnets, uh, Deitcher Putchers, um, Shaney Smith, um, who else is in that one? Emily Martin is there as well. Um, there's also a, I don't know if she's been in much prior, but uh, Jane Bolton, have you heard of her? Or? No, 
Oh, she's yeah. also in that. I think she's like a, making her debut in that one. She does very, very well. Um, so yeah, it's like an adolescent coming of age sort of, oh, we're all adults. Let's have drama sort of thing. Well, I thought you were about to say, let's have drugs. Oh, well, I read the script for episode six. No, no, I, I haven't. No, I don't know if there's drugs in there or not. But um, yeah, so it's, let's all, you know, talk and stuff. And I think it's good. I think it's got some good performances in that one. So, Alistair, how, how do you know at such a young age that this is what you want to do? Do you realise how lucky you are to know what you want to do at 20 years old? Yeah, I, I do um, consider myself very lucky in that regard um, because I feel like not just based off the industry just in general people will spend a lot of time going oh figure out what i'm gonna do by the way it's my 50th next week do you want to come to it no one will probably like you know broadcast their 50th birthday in that way but um you know i i, I did actually acknowledge the other day that i was very happy with the fact that i am enjoying sound and i do want to do something with it and i also think that i'm probably going in the right direction to do something with it so hopefully it, something becomes of this beyond just like, you know, doing short films in Canberra with, you know, in-kind support and everything. Um, but yes, no, I am very, very happy with the fact that I enjoy this and that I know that I want to do something with it. Now that you've finished uni, what is it, what, what do you want to do with this talent? With this talent in quotation marks? I'm not saying that you're not talented. <laughs> <laughs> I see through. I see through what you're trying to do here. Uh, um, the worst part about everything, and in stark contrast to what I just told you yes. about being happy with how it's going, yep. I've got no idea <laughs> what to do from here, okay. and I have very minimal uh, sense of vision about what to do because I'm like I'll get paid opportunities, you know, every two weeks or so but obviously you can't survive off that right i mean you could if you were very creative with it for two days no you, you probably you probably could yeah you probably could but like realistically speaking the yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where to go from here like the yeah i was gonna follow that up with something but i really am not too sure i think just continue to refine my skills and my craft and get a better understanding of you know, sound is, you know, both a concept and a thing that you, you know, apply to both film and other various media. Um, and I think then once I have like, you know, you know, the skills to back up a career in this, then it will become a little bit more clear about what the go is. Because, um, yeah, as like I said before, I don't even think I'm at like 3% of my potential. Can I tell you something? You can tell me. You can tell me, Morgan. I'll, I'll, I'll turn the... Oh, okay, no, sorry. Okay. Um, I find it interesting how you say that you need the skills to do filmmaking, which, of course, you do. But haven't you just heard of faking it till you make it? It's much easier to notice bad sound than it is good sound. That's the, the harsh reality of my world. Um, yeah, yeah, because we've been, our ears have been trained to notice good, consistent sound. Like you watch TV, you watch like, you know, a, 
What's, what's, what's a sitcom? Friends. Friends, yeah, there we go. You, you watch Friends, you'll hear... It, it won't feel empty, it won't feel dull, everything will be mixed at the right level. And any, basically any bit of produced media is going to have, you know, a very good quality of sound. Like, obviously, people are like, oh, the shots in this web series are very uninspired. Like, the screen direction's bad, the shot composition's very bland and boring and methodical. Like, you know, when, like, with those cookie-cutter sort of sitcoms and everything, how you don't really have to have too much thought into shot lists and stuff. Um, but with sound, regardless of what the picture is, it has to be, like, you know... Like perfect, it has to be reflective of what you're seeing and nine times out of ten, well not, not nine times out of ten, almost ten times out of ten in these like majorly produced um, pieces of media, it's going to be exactly what it needs to be and which is perfect most of the time. So um, obviously there are some creative things that more hardened soundies would look at and go, oh, these guys are idiots. But yes, coming from someone who's done Three years of film school, that's my opinion, so <laughs> the three years was tongue-in-cheek for those that are listening and not watching, so, yes. Do you think that you'll get a job in sound? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't, uh, You don't think it'll happen? Does anyone even do sound for a full-time job? <laughs> like, no. I'm sure someone out there does. I'm sure, yeah, at least one person probably does. Um, I think if I can continue to improve, then yes. If I stagnate around and just be like, oh, I know how to hit record and swing a boom and do a sound mix, then I think I probably won't because, you know, that's apart from being a very lazy attitude to have, like, you know, it's just not gonna improve me or anything like that. But I think if I do continue to acquire more skills and increase the network, of, you know, people that I, you know, make films with, then yes, I do believe at some point I will, in fact, make a career, in quotation marks, uh, out of the sound stuff. That's good. I hope so. Thank you, Morgan. Um, what a great segue. Uh, talking about networking, Alistair. Oh. Now, I wanted to ask this to some other people, but I didn't get the chance because we had run out of time. So I thought I'd put the duty on to oh, you. Oh, God. Um, so I want to discuss the importance of networking with you. Um, and I was going to say that it's important as a filmmaker, but I guess that it could be important in any job, really. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, in the film industry. It's very important um, for the... You know, I'd say it's about half the half the job. Use job as a loose term, um, because you know you're not going to get on things unless people know that you're good at something. And I found that you're a lot more likely to get on something as like a like for a specific job, like say you know assistant camera, or like you know a production assistant or something like that. If people know that that's what you're good for, and I think that. Um, when you had James Robinson on, he was talking about something similar to that. While networking itself is important, I think you have to sell yourself as what it is that you want people to know you for, obviously, because the last thing you want is to be an AC or whatever. Just pretend that, like, you know, your name's Philip or something, and people are like, oh, yeah, good old AC Philip. But Philip here, he has not told people that 
here's an AC. And I'm like, yeah, let's get Philip on for boom swinging or something. And then the next thing you know, you are on set, but you're not doing what you want as a result of you not informing the network of what it is that you want to be doing. I don't know why I chose the name Philip, but anyway. Why is he boom swinging? Because he hasn't gone and told people what he wants to do. Oh, so they just got him for just a random job? They got him for a random anything. So not only do you have to know people, you have to make sure that they know you and what it is that you do, which obviously like they're going to know you if you know, you know them, unless like, you know, you're a creepy stalker or something. But it's important to make sure that people know what it is that you want to do and what you're good at. Because it's, I've heard a lot of conversations about, oh, should we get so-and-so on this project? And it's like, is that what they even do though? Like, you know, like yeah, from we... uni students or? And a few outside people as well. I've heard chatter on some other sets that have been outside of uni, but yes. So make sure people know what you do. And that's, that, that's, that's part of it, that's part of the network. But also one thing to keep in mind is that people are all, oh, network is the entire thing. It's just who you know. Knowing people is good, but also knowing that you can be relied upon, because it's all well and good if, like, you know, your like, uncle is like the head honcho of filmmaking in Canberra, like, you know, he's got everyone on strings, he controls the whole thing. But if you can't do your job properly, no one's going to want to work with you, even if they know you. So technical skill is just as important as the network, and also people skill as well. It's not enjoyable when people get cranky on set. So. It's not enjoyable when people get cranky in general, but on set specifically. Mm. It's already tense enough as it is, as you know, Morgan, because you've been on set a few times, eh? Oh, yeah, just a few times. Just a few times, yeah. yeah. I must say, though, that I like it much more as an actor than uh, as a filmmaker. Is that... I was actually going to ask you about See, that. See, now, before you go into that, let's backtrack a bit onto the last thing, because you and James have mentioned now yeah. that... You should know what you want to do and do what you want to do well. And I have to say, I have a bit of a problem. You have a problem? I'm trained in filmmaking and I'm also trained in acting. Yes. And I feel like it's starting to confuse people because people are starting to see me in films and then they go, oh, hang Hold on. on, isn't she a... Morgan an editor? But then, like... My actual permanent job is editing. I think that might be a little bit different because I feel like editing's a bit of a more technical thing and I feel like acting's something that's more ingrained into you and it's not... Do you get what I mean? Like, obviously, there are people with more intelligence than me that will have a differing opinion, but <laughs> I, think, I think those two are separated up. I think part of the qualm that people have with not knowing what it is that others do is that there's a potential for people to stretch themselves too thin and then just become like a, I'd say jack of all trades, but like someone who can do everything but isn't really good at it, so to speak. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that people can't do more than one thing and be good at it, but I mean, just like generally speaking, it's like, right. oh, what do we get so-and-so on for? Well, person A has done more of assistant cameraing than person B has, but person B he can assistant camera and do boom swinging as well. But we don't need a boom swinger. We need an assistant camera. So they're obviously going to get person A because that's all they do. I mean, right. there are probably like a hundred other factors in that that go into consideration. But yeah, I'm just using assistant camera and boom swinging in all of my examples because I feel like if someone's getting a cinematographer, they know who it's going to be already before they even like start the project. But probably. 
Yeah, I think of like some other crew roles that I can use in the examples in the second future. Second AC. Second AC. Everyone needs a second AC. You were going to say something else, but I don't know where you were going with it because I rudely cut you off. What were the words that I was saying? I don't remember. Was it that I was going to ask you about that, or no. I think it was I think it was that I was going to ask you about that. I don't know. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it was just me asking okay. you about that. Yeah. Cool. Why did you... Actually, yeah. What you said way back at the beginning, yeah. you said that you were interested in music. Oh, Do you play yeah. instruments? Many moons ago, perhaps. No, I've got... Back, obviously my skill has diminished, but I had a very good understanding of piano theory and like, you know, back in music class, whenever we'd play a song, I'd be able to look at like what song it was and I'd be able to jump on the piano every now and then and be like, yeah guys, I can play piano, look. Um, and but apart from that, I did guitar and sang as well and I had a very keen interest in like music theory and all that. Um, okay. But since, uh, since uh, I'd left high school, um, I was, I was seduced by filmmaking and now I've had to give up the, uh, the, the music. I was trying to make like a, a Star Wars reference there about how like seduced by the dark side of the force, but filmmaking's not that bad, so yeah. No. Oh, God damn it. I'm going to say that again. When you say high school, do you mean year 10 I mean or year, year 11. 12? I mean year 11 and 12 because I, um, I went to school in New South Wales, so... I don't know what this college rubbish is that, all the, that all the ACT punks talk about. Hey uh, man, I went to college. I'm like, we're at college right now. Yeah. I mean, you're 11 and 12. I'm like, what? Yeah. So, yeah, no. When I say high school, I mean you're 11 and 12. So okay, just clarifying because yeah. it confuses me. Anyway, when I was in year 11 and 12, um, I had a very keen interest in music theory and you know playing guitar and singing and all that good stuff. Um, and I played a little bit of piano as well, but since then, um, filmmaking was like, ah, a fresh victim, and then they claimed my soul, and I've been stuck in, I've been stuck making films ever since, and apparently I've got to do it for the next 1,000 years before they'll release my soul, but yeah, we'll see. Oh no. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'll, yeah, I'm not sure. That's, that's how long the, how long the filmmaking voices tell me that I have a thousand more years of filmmaking oh dear. until I'm set free. <laughs> oh my. No. Um, yes, no, the music that I was doing at school and everything that has since left my school set, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, I do play a little bit of guitar every now and then though. I just jam with my friends and stuff, but I'm a shadow of my former self. Um. Yeah. But that's all right. It's just a little hobby you now. Start your own one-man band. Start my own one-man band. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do that. You've you've inspired me. You've convinced me. I'm going to do my one-man band. And after every show, I will thank the After the Curtain Call podcast <laughs> for inspiring me to go back to my roots and do live music. Okay. Okay. <laughs> dear, oh dear, oh dear. Can't wait. <laughs> I feel like I'll be waiting a while. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to add? There is so much I'd like to add. No, I've, I'm, I feel like I've rambled a fair bit. Um, probably about only 20% of what I have said sounds, co sounds cohesive or has any relevance to the questions that you've asked me. Um, but I hope in that 20% um, 
something useful is found. Uh, I meant to say this at the start, but this will probably be the worst episode of your podcast, Morgan, as a result of my person. Um, but no, I don't think I've got anything else to add. Um, yes, but it's because it's like you said, I've got a very um, different amount of experience compared to all the other people because I'm just like, you know, fresh out of uni. So I feel like, yeah, my opinions aren't too concrete as of yet because I feel like it could change very easily because like all the work from here on out is going to be very different to stuff that I've been doing for the last however many years. And I think when there's such a shift of, you know, quality and work ethic and expectation, there's also a lot of room for your opinions to change as well. So what I'm saying is that I reserve the right to take back anything I've said in this podcast, but I probably won't for a while. So yeah, there we go. Hey, Alistair. Hey, Morgan. What's your favourite film? Oh, dang nabbit. Um, well, I'm going to see Frozen 2 after this, so I'll just say Frozen. No, um, my favourite film... I, I don't know. I've got films that I enjoy, um, but I'm not a very cultured individual when it comes to, like, you know, good films or whatever. Yeah, well, don't tell me a good film. Tell me a favourite film. My favourite film. I quite like Hot Fuzz, because when, when I first watched it... I was in my friend's living room with like seven other people and me and my other friend had not seen it before so everyone was just looking at our reactions throughout the entire thing. And have you seen it? Or, well, there's a part where some like, a, like the top of a church falls off and like skewers someone's head or whatever. And I remember our reaction to that was apparently the funniest thing ever. And that's one memory that I'll have from this university degree. It's watching Hot Fuzz for the first time. And everyone laughing at my reaction to someone getting like skewered with a gargoyle on the top of a church. Um, I so I enjoy that film. Um, oh, what other? What else do we have? I like Get Out as well, which is painfully recent. I wish I liked something like from the '90s or whatever, because then people would know that I that I mean business and that I'm a real filmmaker. Um, the '90s. Oh, or more recent than like five years ago or whatever. Um, but no, Get Out's good as well. I like the, the sense of mystery of like, ooh, what's going on? And all that sort of stuff. Well directed as well. I think Jordan Peele's a fairly mm. clever fellow. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't think of what like, my favourite is. I, I think Toy Story 2 is good, but is that really... That a is a good film. Yeah, I think Toy Story 2 is... It's the best Toy Story. Yeah, it's... Have you seen the fourth one? Or I have. It drive me up the wall and really? made me so annoyed because spoilers for Toy Story 4 is coming. <laughs> they spent the entirety of the third one being like, it's important that we stick together. It's important yeah, that yeah. no matter what we do, we have to be there together. And the song at the end of the film is literally called We Belong Together, who's by the same dude that did You've Got a Friend in Me. And that song plays, it's all happy and sappy, all the toys are getting along. And then the fourth one's like... Peace out, guys. Got a dip to go hang out with Bo Peep. It's like, bro, it's been like two weeks and you're moving out already. What's happened? So that annoyed me in that sense. It was still an emotional goodbye, but I did not like that fast off. It stands well by itself, I think. But in the grand right. scheme of the Toy Story lore, mm. I'm, not a, I'm not a happy camper. My, my six-year-old self would be like, no. Well, I mean, my 20-year-old self said no as well, so I'm just saying no, but with a higher-pitched voice. Um, Can I tell you a funny story about that? Yes. I went and saw Toy Story 4 with 
my housemate, who, if she's listening to this, is really going to be angry with me. Yes. Um, but I went and saw it with her, and she, at the end of the film, when they're yeah. all saying goodbye, yeah. she started crying. Oh, I, 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 and, and, yeah, she's 22. I would have started crying there if, really it, funny. if it weren't for the fact that I was sitting next to a stranger. Like, I, was with, I went there with my friend, and I said to her beforehand, I'm like, if any of us cry in the middle of this, that's completely understandable. She's like, okay, okay, okay. And then some people were starting to walk in. I'm like, if any of these people sit next to us, we're not allowed to cry, okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries, no worries. So, yeah, and then they sat next to us, obviously. I was like, damn it, I can't cry now. But, um, yeah, nah, what's wrong with crying in, what's wrong with crying in Toy know, Story, Morgan? Nothing. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> you thought it was funny? That yeah. we were surrounded by, like, three-year-olds. <laughs> and my housemate in a early 20s just yeah. starts bawling at the fact that these toys these are toys breaking are up. <laughs> well, the uncultured three-year-olds would not understand the, the strength of the friendship between Woody and Buzz Lightyear, so I'd imagine they were like, oh, why, why are they crying? Um, so yes, I like Toy Story 2 as well. That's a very near and dear film to my heart. I've got like a VHS of it, actually, that I used to... Oh boy. Watch a fair bit um, back in the day when VHSs were a thing. I say back in the day like I'm some sort of ancient dinosaur, but I'm 20, so yeah, I'm not really that old at all. <laughs> what is your favourite song to listen to in the car? Favourite song to listen to in the car? I'm really vibing Jumping Jack Flash by the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love that song so much. It's, it's funky, it's groovy, it's it's everything I need. Um, one that I like to sing in the car a lot is Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis. It's like a minute and 50 seconds. It's just like some dude jamming out on the piano and like, I'm, I'm not gonna sing what it is now because you'll, because I'll just, because I'll destroy the microphone. No, 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 no. I could, I could, I could not, uh, I could not sing on this oh, podcast. Oh, I'm starting to freak out. No. Um, so I like, I like, I like things that you, know, you could sing along to, which is obviously what everyone likes in the car, but no. Jumpin' Jack Flash and um, Great Balls of Fire by Jerry Lee Lewis. I like listening to those in the car. Not exclusively, obviously, because if so, I'd have like a two-track playlist that went for four minutes, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Film is really difficult. This industry is really difficult, whether you know it yet or not, Alistair. Oh, I do know it. I got harassed. I didn't get harassed the other day, but I got some feedback for a sound mix that I did. I got ripped apart borderline abused, well not abused, but I got shredded apart for it. And it's the one that I thought that I did really well on. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I was very displeased with that feedback. But anyway, continue. Yes, I am aware of the industry being mean. Yes, Sorry. it is mean and difficult. And my question is why, if you know this, why do you keep pursuing sound and pursuing film because when i'm on set and have the boom and i hear people talking rubbish talking smack about something i'll be like hey i heard that and their face is priceless every single time and if that is what i end up doing for the next 60 years of oh, hold on, i'm 20 if that's what i end up doing for the next 50 years of my existence I will do it just to see the shock on people's faces when they remember that they've got a lav microphone on and I can hear everything that they're saying. So you're doing it just to eavesdrop on... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
like in the context of just like people in general and like conversation, I like listening to hear what people have to say. And I guess that ties into, you know, the audio aspect of film as well. So I think that goes hand in hand, I, you know, listening to things. And yeah, um, I shall continue to pursue the sound. Well, that's it. That's it. Thanks for coming on to this um, whirlwind of a podcast. Thank you so much. Um, this has been very, very fun. Well, that's today's episode. If you enjoyed it, like us on Facebook at ATCC Show, of course, if you haven't already, because that's where we'll be posting links to new episodes every week when a new one comes out. Hope to talk to you next week on a new episode of After the Curtain Call. Bye.